Hello and welcome to the Feels Like 45 podcast. I'm Cade Webb, and as always, I'm joined by Dustin Ragusa. Sir, how are you? Doing well, man. What about you? I'm good. And I, you know why I'm good? actually because we got a brand new logo and it's so oh yeah (laughs) it is it's it is awesome um if you guys haven't seen it kate put it up on twitter it should be up on anywhere you can find the podcast got the twitter banner up there as well my friend laney graciously did that for us um you can follow her on instagram at mint lane studio She does branding, design, photography, packaging, works with a bunch of different companies. She's been featured in Forbes and Vogue magazine. And (laughs) now on the Feels Like 45 podcast, which may be at the top of her list. Add that to Lainey's portfolio for sure. Well, no, just first (laughs) off, I mean, that when when she sent those to you and I got you sent them over to me. I was blown away because I knew we would get something cool, but I wasn't expecting anything like that. And so just like f- from me to Lainey, like, oh my goodness, you're very good at this. So thank you for what you've done. Um, I've been talking about it for weeks now. Um, and it's really cool that now we finally get to unveil it because we've had our, we've had it for a quite some time. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just a, a great representation of an Oklahoma state podcast. I love it. I love everything that she did. And uh, I hope everybody else does too. Yeah, she absolutely crushed it. Lainey, thank you so much. I'm not listening. Lainey went to Oklahoma State for a little bit, but she doesn't care about Oklahoma State sports at all, but she does care about me and you and the logo. So we <laughs> yeah, appreciate apparently, that. Apparently, yeah. we've had a lot of people asking about T-shirts, which we knew was coming. When you turn in a logo that great, my first thought was, oh boy, there's going to be a lot of people asking about T-shirts. We've got no plans for that yet. Maybe one of these days, maybe one of these days. Yeah. And if, if you have any ideas for anything else, koozies, hats, stickers, anything like that, feel free to DM us. Cade and I always respond to the DMs on there. I know I, I hold regular convos with random people on Twitter <laughs> in our DMs. About random oh, those stuff. are our valued listeners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not random people. I love them all. But um, if, if you guys have any suggestions on anything like that, let us know, because if we get enough like Kate said, if we get enough uh, feedback, maybe we will do something like that. Yeah. Again, if there's enough demand for it, I think we always would. Um, so anyway, Lainey, a big thank you to hope, hope all of the listeners love it. Um, I know I do. And I love that there's three to pick from because one of these days uh, that's going to come in handy. So anyway, thank you again, Lainey. Hope everybody loves it. What I do want to lead off with as well. We talked about this a little bit on Twitter we do have a new sponsor of the podcast, uh, and I want to welcome Price Buckley from Edward Jones to the Feels Like 45 podcast. Price is the fourth generation in his family to graduate from Oklahoma State University, and he loves working with fellow alumni. Price uses a personalized approach to build a custom investment strategy tailored to your unique goals and circumstances so that you can turn your ideal future into a reality. You can reach Price at 469-757-0290 
or on his website at edwardjones.com backslash price hyphen Buckley, B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. That's 469-757-0290. Price, thank you for your support of the Feels Like 45 podcast. Thanks, Price. Appreciate you, man. Dustin, there's a, a, a lot to get to. Um, <laughs> maybe, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. There was a basketball yeah, game, believe the, it or not. This is probably the lightest Oklahoma State news week. I'm sure I'm going to say that something's going to happen right after we record, but that we've had since we started because we started in the middle of football season and football with transfer portal and everything hasn't really slowed down until kind of now. We've got a little bit of football news we'll hit on. But yeah, like you said, it's a basketball game due to our schedules we had to record tonight. So we're recording during the Iowa State game. It's halftime right now. So, yeah, I, well, I mean, not not a ton on our plate this time. No, knowing our luck, though, we're going to release this and tomorrow Mike Gundy's going to retire. That's typically <laughs> how things go for you and I. Right. We are always a day ahead of 100%. some large news. So hope that's not the case, <laughs> but it would be our, our track record, I think. But yeah, anyway, it seriously would be. I mean, Bedlam basketball game that I, I mean, if anybody still wants to listen after this, great. You can probably skip ahead. But the, Oklahoma State goes down in Bedlam at Norman, loses the first out of their last five in Bedlam. So it was a really good run. But Dustin, I mean, what what were your takeaways from this game? I've I've got several, um, but I want to know yours first. Just starting, I, I told you off air, I didn't get to watch the whole thing live. I watched about mo- this is most of the first half. So I went back and watched on YouTube. Luckily, since this is on CBS, you can't always find a replay, but somebody on YouTube actually put the game up and they cut out all the timeouts and all the dribbling down the court. So it was like 30 minutes long, which actually was pretty interesting to watch. Uh, so a couple of things got cut out. But my main takeaway early on Oklahoma State, the – Half-court offense, after seeing it kind of improve lately, a lot of movement, a lot of that fl- kind of flex-spread motion that they do, a lot of ball screens, a lot of pick-and-roll with Cissé. With him not starting, we can get to that in a minute, they weren't really able to get anything going inside. You know, they beat every team pretty much this season in points in the paint. They've outscored pretty much everybody in points in the paint. They weren't able to get anything inside. Their offense broke down because they had already run through the motion – And then it's Bryce Thompson and Avery Anderson just chucking up shots. Avery was making them. Bryce made a few too, but they were tough looks. Long twos with a guy in your face. I know they like the long twos, but contested. Avery's taking threes from like Steph Curry range. I just (laughs) – they can't get the – going from inside out, they are going to struggle. Yeah, and I did want to talk about Avery Anderson. Probably his – I mean, outside of the Iowa State game, probably his best game of the year – and they had to have it because outside of him, you got 12 out of Musa Cisse, nine out of Bryce Thompson, six out of Isaac Likely, four from Tyreek Smith, and three from Rondell Walker. I mean, that is just not going to get it done typically. And so, again, 25 from Avery Anderson. He was phenomenal, but he was all that they had. And um, it just has kind of been that season. I've said it quite a few times on this show that you don't really know what you're going to get every night from anybody on this team. Um, I did say last week that this team goes as Bryce Thompson and Musa Cisse go. I still believe that's true, but what you don't get every night is Bryce Thompson and Musa Cisse at their best. They're both playing great. And then they'll have a step back and it's never really at the same time. 
And so what you get is an Avery Anderson dropping 25 and then nobody else really picks up the slack and you lose a, a low scoring overtime game because there's no other production out there. And so um, you really hope in the off season, I, I say you, I know I do. You really hope that Mike Boynton reassesses the way the roster is built. You've, you've got to have more scoring. You have to have more consistent scoring because even Bryce Thompson for as good as he's been lately is, is has not been as reliable as you would need him to be the way that they have the offense situated. He's a focal point. They probably should run the offense through him more, quite frankly, but he's a focal point and you just need more out of him consistently. So I could go on and on. Um, it was a great comeback. I mean, that there was that who saw that coming to force it into overtime. And yeah. then, you know, it just, it kind of falls apart there, but um yeah, overall, uh, a disappointing Saturday, especially after the start they had. I thought once they, because again, they got down early, I think like 11 to four, and then came all the way back, took a lead. I thought that was when they were going to start to to put give OU some issues. Because I, again, I think this is just the way the Big 12 is, but I think Oklahoma State matches up well with Oklahoma. But if they're not shooting the ball from the outside, it's just the kind of same story all season. It's just not going to work out well. Yeah, you're completely right. And you talking about great comeback. I mean, they led Oklahoma State led it to 10. And then I don't think they led again until the very end of the game. I actually think it might have even been with a couple of minutes left that they took the lead again. Crazy. So that just wild. And Boynton talked about after the game, the reason why they were unable to really go on many sustained runs, they had the one early one. I think they went on a 9-0 run after what you just talked about after OU jumped out to that 10-2 lead or 11-2 lead. And layups, 11 of 26 on layups. That's what Mike Boynton hit on while they couldn't go on runs. They weren't able to score inside at all. They weren't able to get any layups. They weren't really able to get anything done inside. And when, when they can't do that, we just talked about it. You're relying on Avery Anderson and Bryce Thompson to take these wild shots because they're not able to get good looks because the offense is broken down and it ends up with 19 first half points and just, I think Cisse not starting to, I know he still played 22 minutes, ended up fouling out, but it that's tough because he's, he, they, they kind of like to get him going early and he's kind of an energy guy, but he 12 and 10 and 21 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and really odd situation. I guess he was late for the bus. And so he didn't, Whoa, I missed this. Are you serious? Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I saw Boynton's quote on it. He said he's been playing well. He played well. My job, as you know, we preach accountability around here. I'm not going to say that lost, lost us the game because we still got the ball inside and had opportunities to convert and didn't. But it's part of my responsibility is to keep teaching these guys. So he's and he leaves us when asked about Cissé not starting for missing the bus. I had no odd. idea he missed the bus. That is uh... – yeah, that's that's rough. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out when when looking at the box score and it felt this way, I've, I've pointed this out as a consistent theme. Oklahoma State loses a lot of games when the other team finds a way to be balanced offensively. Right. I've talked about this. Just take a glance at the box score. Tanner Groves at 14, Jacob Groves at 10, Yamoja Gibson at 13, Goldwire at 13 and uh, Marvin Johnson at 10. That's five players with over 10 points or at least 10 points out of their eight that played. That's, that's very good. And it gives well, Oklahoma state issues all the time when offenses are able to do that. Yeah. Last time they only had Harkless and Groves that could score. 
Right. Harkless doesn't play in this game. And then you get what you just say five people in double digits, including Grove's brother who Caleb Boone and Tyreek Smith both struggled with mightily at the beginning of the game. Yeah, That was strange. That was very strange. I think, I think it was because he was kind of just chilling in the corner for three and they didn't think he was going to do anything else. And he started cutting. I was having Brady manic flashbacks, quite honestly. (laughs) But yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. You hit the nail on the head. Oh, you was able to just balance score. They didn't shoot great from three but they were able to just kind of spread the ball around. Gibson was able to get to his spots. I thought the pick and roll defense was pretty terrible from Oklahoma state. Who's actually been fairly solid at that for most of the season, especially CSA. He did well, but not as good as I've seen him. He had a couple lapses and Caleb and Tyreek Smith got lost a couple of times when, uh, when Woody Newton got in his eight minutes, he's just, you know, I know, I know he can hit some threes, but he struggles with team defense. He has got to improve there. Yeah, uh, especially it, if it's he's hard get, to, yeah, it's no, hard to keep him on the floor. It's hard it's, to keep him on the floor if he's acting like that. Especially if there's going to be a a bigger role for him in the future. Um, I would really hope that defense is a, is a focal point for him. I think it's almost a prerequisite to play significant minutes in Mike Boynton's system. You have to be able to play defense. I almost think he would prefer you play better defense than you play offense. And I think that's been a fault of, of Boynton's lately. Um, actually not lately, his entire career, a lot of his teams are defense oriented, which is great, but the way the game is right now, I just don't know how successful you could be long-term, but regardless of that, the season coming to really a grinding halt. And um, I mean, Dustin, by the time we talk next week, it's going to be over, which is kind of sad. Um I know there's part of me that's thankful that this is over. Um, you know, it's a lost season. It won't be talked about for longer than one, you know, one more week. Um, but it, it is sad because I think this season, you know, it, there were there were some great atmospheres in Gallagher Arena. Isaac Likely's career is probably done on Saturday. So um, a little bittersweet, but I, I'm excited for kind of what lies ahead, but absolutely not going to miss this season whatsoever. I agree hundred percent. Right now, Oklahoma State's up on Iowa State. Would be so a hopefully great they can win. Finish off the season solid. That would be amazing. Keelan Boone is getting some minutes after not <laughs> playing lately. I saw Boynton said uh, Keelan just got to work harder and do better and do the right things on and off the court. I guess things hmm. turn around because he's he's able to play. <laughs> he's able to play in this Iowa State game. But yeah, Kate. Outside of that, really, my only other takeaway I've, I kind of hit on a little bit earlier, but eight assists for the entire game. Oklahoma state has six just in the first half against Iowa state. We talked about their season average being around 13, one assist in the first half, eight for the game. It's tough to beat anybody when you're doing that, unless you've got a guy like Cade Cunningham, just lighting somebody up. Yeah. I think they could use a Cade Cunningham running around out there right now. Um, I do want to talk about this because I can't help but think about it with Musa Cisse and Bryce Thompson out there. Speaking of Cade Cunningham, there's a Cade Cunningham clone running around in central Texas right now by the name of Anthony black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of talked about this last week, how my confidence is waned on his, you know, incoming decision, which is coming soon about where he's going to play college basketball. It was down to Gonzaga, the G league, Oklahoma state. sounds like Arkansas has entered the picture. Um, you know, just a quick update there. He actually took an official visit to Arkansas this weekend as they beat Kentucky. So not the game you want him seeing with his own eyes. Um, but the good thing to note there is after that visit, 
nothing's really happened. There's been yeah. no rumblings nationally. There's been no buzz. There's been no crystal ball predictions, which usually happens after a big time official visit. So um, I think I said 55% last week. I think I feel a little bit better about that now. I agree with you. We talked about it off air. I think, I think I'm back swinging towards instead of 50, 50, I think I'm swinging a little bit more towards Oklahoma state because you think, you think after that official visit, we'd see some crystal ball predictions come in on two, four, seven. You would have thought we, We'd hear some rumblings. I know you've you're very in tune with college basketball recruiting. I I try my best, and you haven't heard anything that I know of, or unless you're withholding from me, which would be that would be weird. Up, but we can talk about that off air. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, off air, yeah, definitely. But so maybe maybe that junior college, uh, Dantuan Grimes was just you know kind of a security blanket, just in case something happens with Black, and they still feel confident in it. We were a little concerned that maybe that was a hey, we're offering him because we know Black's gone, but nothing's come of it yet, so we'll see there. And then, Kate, there's another official visit, right, for another 2023 recruit? Yeah, there's Parker Fredrickson out of Bixby, who I'm very excited about. He's been to Oklahoma State, I think, three or four times this season on an unofficial basis and now is taking an official visit against Texas Tech. I mean, a four-star, again, out of Bixby, I don't have the measurables in front of me. I'll pull them up, but a sharpshooter. That's, that's really what you need to know and does have good sizes, very rail skinny. I mean, rail thin needs to put some weight on, but you could probably think of him as like a Caleb grill out of Iowa state. Um, you know, I'd be curious what he projects as, I mean, he's not as tall as a Jacob Groves, but I mean, a similar build. Um, so I'm, I would be very excited about him. I would, again, I think Boynton talked a little bit about this, about the need to reassess, the system reassess the types of players they're recruiting. I think he's talking about shooting. Do you? Yes, I completely agree. And I, yeah, I like Fredrickson too. Like you said, he probably needs to put on a little weight, but if he can, if he can even be an average on the defensive end, uh, just a net, you know, zero on the defensive <laughs> end, then I think that's a guy who, if, if he's able to get enough minutes, can put up enough shots to where he's lethal from outside and probably like a career 40% plus three point shooter. That, that's how good of a shooter this guy is. Yeah. So rivals has him at six, four, one I've been, I don't know about you. I haven't been one sixty five in a long time, Dustin, but <laughs> I do like what he brings. And I Same. think he's that he's kind of that versatile two, three guard. I would be, I would be interested to see what Boynton would do with him. Um, and again, I mean, you've seen guards with, you know, uh, lack of size and Keelan Boone. I mean, you remember how thin he was when he came in, not really that way anymore. So we'll see, maybe he hits a growth spurt too. Um, you know, especially coming in. One thing I did want to mention to you, Dustin, as you were talking about, um, Dantuan Grimes, I think I talked about this last week, so stop me, but Mike Boynton's not afraid to recruit multiple players at the same position. No. Last year no, we saw, not. I think I did mention this in hindsight. We saw Severe Wheeler. We saw Bryce Thompson getting recruited. We saw several others at that point guard spot who ultimately they were able to get Bryce Thompson, but he's definitely not afraid to even take multiple players at the same position. So yeah, not a prerequisite. I think, I don't think that Anthony Black and Dantuan Grimes thing is related at all. It kind of reminds me, of the Bryce Williams recruitment a couple of years ago when he came out of Ole Miss, but also had spent some time in junior college. That's really what that reminds me of the most. Yeah. So I like both of those guys, Anthony black. And, you know, to kind of wrap this point up, he would 
he would really put Oklahoma State probably in a in a prime spot to compete for top half of the conference because he's a top 15 player in this incoming class, ball dominant point guard, great size, um, a little less refined than Cade Cunningham, but probably a little bit more explosive. Yeah, got to work on the jump shot, but probably a little bit more explosive an athlete. So, um, again, Anthony Black would would unlock a lot. And then you think about the pick and roll with him and Musa Cisse with a kickout guard and Bryce Thompson and maybe another. Then you could start talking about some things next year. But anyway, we'll see. Basketball recruiting, this is this is the dead season for basketball recruiting. So it's going to pick up here in the next couple of months as the transfer portal opens up. So I'm pumped about that because and, that's my favorite time of the year. And, Cade, thank you so much for that breakdown of basketball recruiting. you got to remind me next week. I'll write it down, too. When we do <laughs> when we do our kind of recap of the basketball season, we gotta we got to give our flowers to Bryce Williams because <laughs> he has had a rough end of the season after that ankle injury. But the fact that he came back, we all know how much he despises school. The yep. fact that he was able to come back, graduate, give his all for Oklahoma State. You know, obviously he's playing injured. We're going to have to hit on that next yeah, week. Yeah, we, so we do need to give Bryce. We will give Bryce Williams his flowers next weekend. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think those are the two seniors, correct? Likely and Williams that will be exiting at, officially. So, um, anyway, most, it'll be – Most likely, most likely will be. <laughs> yeah, I would be stunned. I would be stunned yeah. silent. Um Anyway, Dustin, before we move on, let's go ahead and take a break and hear a word from one of our sponsors. All right, guys, listen up. Sponsor on the podcast, Homefield Apparel, is absolutely crushing it. If you haven't checked them out yet, you absolutely need to. I mean, they are leading the charge in premium vintage collegiate apparel right now. Uh, I mean, they are offering vintage college sports t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies with over a hundred schools available. And I mean, they're adding new ones all the time. This is the perfect gift. Uh, Home field apparel for the sports fan, for the college sports fan. You got to go check them out and use our promo code feels 12 to get 15% off your first order. And of course, all orders over a hundred dollars get free shipping as always promo code. Feels 12, 15% off your first order, and all orders over $100 get free shipping at Homefield Apparel. Visit them at homefieldapparel.com. Okay, Dustin, I said that basketball recruiting is my favorite time of the year. Yours, if I had to guess, is spring football. Tell me if I'm right or wrong there. You are 100% correct. <laughs> this spring's a little odd with all the offensive line injuries the guys having surgery just in general guys transferring and not able to get any transfer portal guys coming in the spring so Oklahoma State I saw Derek Mason tweeted out we kind of talked about it last week we had a little preliminary schedule that we had heard but now it looks like it's official Oklahoma State's first spring practice will be Tuesday March 22nd and the spring finale in quotes will be April 23rd so it's definitely not going to be a full game. I, I'm 99.9% positive just due to the depth issues on the offensive line. No reason to risk getting anyone injured, but it's going to be fun starting spring practice up. So Kate, I don't know if you've been paying attention. Pokes report has been doing a great job of covering the competition day. Yep, have you seen yep. any of that? I, I have so seen a little bit of it. Basically what that is. If you, if you haven't seen that before, don't know what it is. Rob glass breaks up the whole football team into a bunch of different mini teams and they all compete against each other. 
they do uh, the tug of war, they do um, like tire flip, they do sled pulls, races, stuff like that, just agility and strength drills. And they had the finals and team Cody Walterscheid and Brennan Presley took down team Brock Martin and Jaden Bray. And it wow. sounds like the Walterscheid Presley team was the underdog of like the whole competition they ended up winning it all they had they have some names on here that we maybe haven't ever said before on the podcast defensive end ryan baker linebacker constantino borelli Need, i would have remembered that i would have remembered <laughs> constantino borelli that's a great name safety yeah all name team for sure safety dylan davis landon dean incoming freshman sean yep, michael flanagan yep. Vance Hooper, Austin Gerard, we know him at Cowboy back. Nathan Latou, the defensive uh, lineman. Dylan Metcalf, Jordan Regan, Silas Barr, and our boy, Joe Maholski, the center. Yeah, you love so it. So that's, you know, I saw a video of Brennan Presley talking about their win in this competition day, which it's just, you know, this isn't serious at all. It's just fun. It's just cool to see the guys getting together, getting ready for spring football. But talked about how there's a lot of no-name like not, of the, not a lot of the big names on this squad. And he's right when you're reading through that. And it's, it's impressive to see those guys compete and dominate. The, the Pokes Report put up some video. If you subscribe, I think you're able to see some of the video. But it's pretty cool to watch that and see these guys having a good time. And it gets me amped up for spring football. And it's, it's great content. You love seeing it on social media, too. It's great to keep people engaged. And especially like me, when, when you get busy this time of year, it's Q1. I know I'm busy. I know you're busy. I know everybody else is busy. Um, that's great content. So, And it's been good to see kind of that behind the scenes. I know they've done it in the year in years past, but it's, it's a little bit better than it used to be. So anyway, I'm excited about that. Um, excited to see what comes out of actual spring practice here in the next couple of weeks. Um, especially with the depth chart situation here and more about the offensive line situation. Um, there's also last week, there was a picture of trace. Well, not last week, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a now famous picture of trace Ford floating around on the internet. You saw this, right? Oh Yeah. Yeah. There's an equally impressive photo of Colin Oliver floating around on the internet and nobody's talking about it. He is huge. He has put on muscle from the last time like we saw him. An absolute monster. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for spring football and just to kind of get things rolling. But then, you know, we have the gap of the summer. So yeah, can't get too excited. But <laughs> no, no, we can't. But we'll be in Obrate by then. We met we'll be in Omaha if things start looking up, <laughs> knock on wood. Um, so yeah, we got a lot lot to get through get us through until that point for sure yeah 100 percent. Cade, do you want me to give a quick transfer portal update yeah transfer puddle i believe it still is <laughs> so not a lot of news we'll just run through the names real quick and i'll give i think there's three updates i have for three of the guys so the offers are out to prince pines sam houston offensive lineman dorian hinton middle tennessee state offensive lineman Lance Robinson from Middle Tennessee State. He just recently got an Illinois offer. That's the first offer I've seen from him in a while. You've got Vanderbilt, defensive lineman Rashawn Wilkins, Tulsa offensive lineman Xavier Gadlin, Western Illinois cornerback Darius Joyner. He has official visits coming up to Virginia Tech and Duke. It sounds like we may be out on him. Auburn defensive lineman Marquise Robinson, your boy Jason Queso Brooks, the Vanderbilt hey. guard. And then Vanderbilt transfer uh, linebacker Dericky Wright just got an offer from Pitt. That's all the updates. None of these guys, to my knowledge, have signed anywhere. I haven't seen anything. I did, I did my research today. Haven't seen any new portal guys that really stood out to me. There's a couple names, but probably not even worth 
digging into just because some of the offers have been pretty random. And then it's been a lot of Vanderbilt and Auburn guys. So we'll see how that goes. That's really all I have, Cade. Well, it, it really is the transfer puddle at this point in time. I apologize too. My microphone, as you were talking, fell into my lap. So for our <laughs> listeners at home um, and on, and probably on the road, I apologize if that was extremely loud in your car speakers. So I acknowledge it. I, I'm willing to own my mistake. Let's move on. But the, yeah, we're in the dog days of summer with the transfer portal. We're in the dog days of summer with recruiting and, and basketball. And so it's just, it's just part of it, but I can't wait until these things start picking up because you and me, I, I love recruiting. That's probably yeah. one of the things I love talking about most. So it's about to get going. So oh, they yeah. just got out of the, they're just out of the dead period. So now they're in the, the quiet period. So the coaches still can't go to the high school campuses, but the players can start coming to OSU's campus. And I, I believe the first – I saw Pokes report, report this unofficial visit for Lonnie Johnson coming in. He's a Keller Timber Creek wide receiver, 6'4", 200-pounder. Hey. They're, uh, yeah, so he's coming in, I believe – I believe it was last weekend on an unofficial visit. Yeah, because he got to see the competition day. So he's there. Oklahoma State just sent out a bunch of offers. They offered three – 2024 class guys, Damani Maxson, safety, Brandon Jones, linebacker, Brandon Booker, another linebacker, and then two guys in the 2023 class, Ashton Porter, Cypress Ranch defensive lineman, and Chance Rucker, Denton Ryan, cornerback. So a lot of offers coming out. They've got the four hard commits in the 2023 class. So you'll probably see, I mean, kid, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking O-line, linebacker, always defensive back. Probably a cup, probably a few wide receivers, but they've been bringing a lot of guys in there recently. So I think I think you see a lot of O line offers come out. I see Man, a, I would a lot of linebacker offers come out, and a lot of defensive backs. Obviously, I would hope, and that that tracks with the way the roster looks right now. You would hope that that's the case. Wide receiver, they are so loaded, and they are still so young. There, I, I really mm-hmm. think you can look elsewhere in this recruiting cycle. Um, again, I, I think they'll always take skill talent, but um, those three, I think you, I think you absolutely nailed it. And you got to get a quarterback. You really do. Too, you really, really do. With Ill- think- with Illingworth gone, you've got Rangel coming in, but they lost they lost out on um, the guy that committed to Michigan State. Yeah, Edmondson, Bo Edmondson. Thank you. Wow, very very solid, very solid name pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got they they recently sent out a couple more offers, but got to get a quarterback in this class. Yeah, I think you absolutely have to. I think you can't put all your eggs in Garrett Rangel's basket. Um, not that he won't work out, but that, man, you got to have a quarterback, plain and simple. I yeah, agree with you. need completely. one in this class. But, yeah, we'll start. That's going to be – so the transfer portal portion of the podcast is going to turn more heavily into recruiting. So, yeah. Cade, now I'll be breaking that down. Our podcast we'll is going to stick- be three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll probably stick to 2023 for now unless there's a big name or a big commit from a future class. But we'll be talking a lot of 2023, and we're obviously going to break down – the incoming guys in detail. You know, we did it already with Adam Lunt, but Kate and I are a little bit smarter than Adam, so we need to do our full breakdown as well. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, dude, Cowboy baseball right now. Yes. I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, the score from today's game. I say today again. We're recording on Wednesday night. Arizona State, they complete a four-game, you know, kind of series in, in two games against Wright State, two games against Arizona State, and they go 4-0. and That 
my friend. That is solid. It was the 26 to three beatdown in game one against Wright State. Yeah. That's when that's when I'm sure both coaches are looking at each other like, man, we should have agreed on that run rule yeah. before the game. Reports of Oklahoma State's death of offense have been greatly <laughs> exaggerated. Yes. There's a couple. So a couple. Let's get the negative out of the way first, Cade. You, that's how Houston, we roll. Yep. Houston Morrill injured. Holiday didn't give an update in his last media session. He just said injured when asked about it. Griffin Dorshin, who's been absolutely smashing the ball, the Northern Kentucky transfer, took a shot foul ball off his foot in the right state game and then later slid into third and after that he just you could tell he was done it sounds like he may be out four to six weeks which would oh gosh lead into a little bit of big 12 play he'd probably miss at least the KU series maybe OU I think is next he'd probably miss both of those that's going to be a big loss He's a big-time power hitter. Morrill's one of your better bats. He's a do-it-all guy. He can pitch. He can play in the field as well. So you'd love this. I don't know how significant Morrill's is, but he didn't play today. He didn't play yesterday. So you'd love to get him back. Sounds like Dorshin's going to be out for a while. But, but Cade, what's your thought? I, I know you've been able to watch some. What are your big takeaways from this baseball team? Well, so that's far? tough. I, I didn't realize that that four to six weeks had come out on Dorshin because he's he's won the hearts and minds of the Feels Like 45 podcast already. Oh, he's awesome. He's yeah. fantastic. I will say that Oklahoma State's lineup is more balanced, I think. They, they were definitely more balanced in this week than they were the previous week, which you would expect a little bit out of that. Um, as you know, you break the rust off of the offseason. So they steal two out of three from Vanderbilt. Then you go 2 0 against Wright State. You lose a, a, you know, a crappy game to Sam Houston State. A little bit fluky. With these there. nine pitchers. Yeah, a little bit fluky. I think we even called it that last week. And then you go take two on the road at Arizona State. I will say your boy, Nolan McLean, he's fantastic. He was fantastic. So he, 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 does, he does okay in the Vanderbilt series. Then he goes, I believe, one of 15 in his next 15 at bats. Yeah. And then he has just turned it on lately. He has been hot. He had three hits today. He's been had a home run yesterday. Bombing home runs. Yeah. yeah. Looks great at the plate with the hair and the beard, former quarterback. So, you know, Caden, I love him. Anybody that's playing football and baseball. Hold on with the hair love. and the beard. That sounded like you just, were you talking about you or were you talking about? Nolan well, yeah, maybe a little bit, maybe okay, a little yeah. bit. It's a good look. It's a good look, <laughs> but Cade, would you talk about balanced in this lineup? I hit on it a little bit last week. The lineup can do it all, even yeah. without Dorshing, even without Morrill. Erhard has bunt safely multiple times now. He'll get right. on, he'll steal. Right. Riggio can hit it to any spot in the field or over the fence if he's feeling like it. Jake Thompson yeah. gets on base every single time he goes up, whether yeah. it's a hit, taking a walk. I believe he's been hit by a pitch already. McLean can bomb it. We talked about that. Trinkle with two three-run bombs today. He's got power. And then the guys that are coming in, like Brown, not Marcus Brown, but Brett Brown, and then you've got Miller Green. You've got these guys coming in pinch hitting that are able to get hit. Jackson Kroll comes in and gets hits pinch hitting. It's been awesome. The catcher position had been struggling hitting. They've been kind of going back and forth between Atkinson and Doherty. But Atkinson's been, been able to get a few hits lately. He's looked good behind the plate after some inconsistencies there. And then pitching, Cade. Campbell comes out after that you know, kind of struggled against Vanderbilt yep. and he comes out yep. and looks awesome against Wright State. He really did. He really did. And I thought, again, I, I kind of go back to what you were saying before. Justin Campbell was fantastic. 
but Jake Thompson has still been great. Nolan McLean's been great. Caden Trinkle, two three-run homers in one game is, is something to behold right there. So they are really um, finding their stride. It seems like they are looking more like the number four team in the country uh, that we were told a lot about. And you get the arms behind them uh, with Justin Campbell, uh, Bryce Osmond. I mean, they are they are going to be great, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- Martin's been looking great as the closer. I love him there. He's just such a big, intimidating-looking human being <laughs> coming in late and throwing. Your boy, Osman, looking great. And then in the fourth inning, he starts walking everybody. I know. That was weird. That, so I, I don't think – I wouldn't take – I'd take that with a grain of salt. I think he'll be fine. And it's great today, you know, they throw out Dylan Marsh, the Kentucky transfer. Then they throw out Baden Ruth, the Ohio State transfer – it feels like every time they throw in a pitcher, that's not one of the three main guys. Yeah. You got to look like, him up. Who is this guy? <laughs> Where did he come from? They have so many transfers in the bullpen. So it's going to, it's night. root came in and pitched really well today. And for, I think a little over four innings, but it's, it's fun. Fan soccer's looked great. Garen, Garrett Martin, another guy at the plate. Who's been, who's been hitting well, David Mindum. I think we've pretty much ran through everybody, but they've looked, they've looked solid. Uh, Madero's, he didn't look terrible yesterday at Arizona nope. state. He got in a few jams, but he was, I think he pitched into the sixth. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. They get Gonzaga this weekend. I'm going to try. I know I told you, I'm going to try to go on Saturday and we have, should we just go ahead and announce our ticket giveaway? I think we Sunday? should. I think we sure should. So this was random. I promise I didn't cheat, but my buddy, Brady Smith, he was in my fraternity in college he actually won at BD Smith 1507. We'll shout him out on Twitter tomorrow. Looks like the weather may be bad on Sunday. So Brady, if it is, we'll reimburse you with another game. But shout out to Brady. I think we had 58 people enter this time. I think yeah. we had over like 90 last time. So guys, that's been awesome. We're going to keep doing it. May have some special giveaways mixed in too, Cade, that I haven't even told you about yet. Wink, so. wink. <laughs> so uh, we'll have some cool stuff coming up though. Yeah, absolutely. And and pretty cool that that we're even able to do this. It's it's always been a, a desire. And so um, I, I love that people are getting engaged. And, you know, if you've recently followed the pod and you're new, we don't just give away tickets. We actually break down Oklahoma State sports in a, in a very average and remedial way. So um, <laughs> definitely keep it locked here and keep following us because we're giving away tickets all the time. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate we it. get followers and listeners somehow. So we'll yeah, bribe you. We will bribe you with free tickets. And, and that series against Gonzaga, actually a four o'clock start on Friday, which if you're able to sneak away from the office, that's a pretty nice start time. I like that on a Friday and I think it's supposed to be like 80 degrees on Friday. So yeah, the weather Friday and Saturday. And again, I, I didn't choose to go on Saturday and give the ticket away for Sunday. That was not my intention. <laughs> the weather, the weather actually was supposed to be bad on Saturday. I believe you're right. So you're right. Not my intention. A little selfish of me. My apologies, but yeah. So it, it's going to be fun. Um, watching Oklahoma state baseball kind of progress through. We'll keep hitting on it. We should, unless schedules change, have a pretty cool guest in a couple of weeks to help us talk Oklahoma state baseball. So giving a little sneak peek there, but that should be a lot of fun. So Keep it locked here. We'll talk baseball. If we end up talking too much or too little baseball, give us some feedback. Yeah, no doubt. I, I can't wait for that guest. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely keep it locked. Um, Dustin, OSU softball, a better week as well. It seemed like everybody kind of took their lumps last week, and then this week things turn around. It did. Miranda Ellish. Yep. She's your, found your a girl. Group. 
she's found her groove. I listened to Kenny G's radio show, and that, that was one of the key points he hit on. Miranda, he can kind of tell in her first couple of outings, she didn't have as much energy. He said, you know, at practice, she's super competitive all the time, and it just wasn't showing as much on the field. She gets out there. She's getting strikeouts against the, against in these games, late in the games. She's yelling. She's high-fiving everybody. When she gets out of the inning on a strikeout, she's going up to Cottrell. They're hugging. They're, you know, it's it's awesome to see her kind of find her groove. And then, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to break down what Kelly Maxwell is doing. Like, she's just amazing. 13 <laughs> strikeouts. I'm That's not ridiculous. sure what else to say about her. She's impossible to hit. And she's not even throwing – like, she's not throwing pure gas or anything. It's just – tough to hit coming off her left hand she's been amazing i i'm gonna be shocked if she's not winning multiple awards at the end of the season well it's a fantastic compliment to a pitcher when you can just say i have no words just look at the box score the box score says it better that is probably the best compliment you can give a pitcher and so you love what they did obviously last week i think since we've spoken they went uh, won nine nothing against Tennessee State, a one to nothing win against Texas A&M, five to nothing against Tennessee State, and two to one against Texas A&M. In four games, they gave up one run. If you're keeping score at home, so I a, believe they only had one error. Also, throughout that's the four ridiculous, games. ridiculous. And, and I know people are going to look at those scores and say, you know, they're still not getting runs against the better teams like A&M. That two to one game, the wind was insane in that game. Oklahoma State was hammering the ball and they were just routine pop flies when I think normally those would have been out of the park that they, they were getting the bat on the ball on Sunday. So the one Oh game, I, I could see that argument, but I think the bats are coming alive. Our girl, Kylie Naomi is getting things going. Uh, Taylor Tuck had a two RBI single in one of the games, giant factor, obviously and Cottrell have still been crushing it. But yep. if, if you can get Busby, if you can get Pennington, if you can get Morgan Wynn, going at the plate, this team is going to be crushing people because you've got Maxwell, Ellish, and now Morgan Day is seeming yep. to find her groove. It's going to be awesome. I did, Kate, I do want to point out one thing from the radio show. Kenny said when they had the off, so they played Friday, due to weather, they played Friday and Sunday, kind of similar to how baseball had to move their schedule. So they were able to play volleyball. And Kenny said he broke up the, into four teams and had them pick. And he said it was awesome to watch in that uh Cottrell and Ellish were the two just kind of go-getters the entire time that were just the most hustle diving for balls everywhere so that's pretty that cool. sounded like it would have been fun to watch but I'm pumped who, who do they yeah they I was to, actually Stanford would, next at home right an intriguing matchup with Stanford and then this weekend so they've got two against Stanford at home one against DePaul and then another one against Minnesota so that's going to be fun. They've actually got two against Minnesota. Um, so some all in Stillwater. Yeah, all in Stillwater. Some decent, you know, not softball brands, but some decent names that kind of, you know, pique your interest. So I'll, I'll definitely be watching on ESPN Plus, no doubt. And I was actually looking down the schedule. Uh, here on March 18th, Friday, Saturday, they actually take it on my, uh, my alma mater, the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Oh, uh, nice. Kangaroos in Stillwater. I may have to the go take a look at that. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's really fun. We said this earlier in the year, how fun it was going to be as basketball transitioned out and then baseball and softball were really coinciding with some like really, really good teams where you're it's all kind of coming together in one roster for both of these teams. I can't wait. I can't wait to spend my Saturdays and Sundays in Stillwater this this summer. 
Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I did, Kate, I th- thought of one thing I got asked on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Brianna Evans, the freshman, she'd come in and played really well at second base. We haven't seen her in a, in a while. I believe, Kenny didn't come out and say this, but it sounds like she's injured. I know Marshall Scott mm. from Pistols Firing also posted something about it, but I think she's going to be available against Stanford from what I heard. So um, to that question that I got asked, there's, there's the answer on that. Yeah, that would be uh... – it would be good news if she does come back this weekend. That that would obviously be she's solid, great on the uh, base path. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I can't wait. I I got nothing on the docket this weekend. I think it's cowboy baseball, <laughs> cowgirl softball for me. So, anyway, sure. Dustin, uh, moving along, just some quick updates. Right, I mean, next week is Big Twelve Championship in wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so that starts what on the fifth, March fifth and sixth. Yeah, so that's okay. this weekend. Yeah, I'm sorry, this weekend. So that'll be, I think most of it's on ESPN plus. I know fix, uh, Feller and plot all received top seeds. We also schedules permitting may have a wrestling guest on to talk about nationals. That's right. So we won't obviously Kate and I aren't going to break down the whole big 12 <laughs> wrestling championship right now, that would but be, we'll, de- that we'll would be, be watching and we will have a recap slash nationals preview coming up believe next week if schedules permit so we're excited about that as well yeah it's exciting because we've got some guests coming to uh you know help pull us through the dog days of, of the summer and the off season so excited about that one thing i wanted to say too is if there's somebody you think we need to be talking to on this podcast like send them our way like let's see what we can do um especially if there's you know mutual interest and it's a, an engaging guest we're always looking so let us know but i mean dustin that's that's it outside of Twitter questions. We don't have yeah. any listener questions, no audio questions, I should say. So very disappointed by that. But we do have a couple <laughs> of Twitter questions. Yeah, we just have a few. Uh, first off, apologies to Brian Metcalf. He asked me <laughs> one when you were gone. I told him we'd hit it. We didn't. He reminded me about it today. So, Cade, let me ask you from at Brian, at Brian J. Metcalf. Thanks again, Brian. What would you like to see changed to improve college football? His examples are changing the targeting penalty, reducing time a game takes to play, taunting penalty, maybe set an off-season schedule, hiring, signing portal. What do you think, Kate? I, I think I said this with another listener once. My favorite thing is when they answered their question. Brian, you just <laughs> answered it for me. That You said all of it. The targeting rule, you can adjust that. You should be able to celebrate, I would say. I hate that anything even as as little as a dunk over the uprights or a light spike of the ball is is taunting or whatever you would call it um if it were me and i i probably i'll probably get some blowback for this i would really look hard at the playoff of course and i think expansion is a popular idea but i would expand it to 8 and i would expand it to a point where the first round is on campus stadiums so that's that's really been my viewpoint the reason i don't say 12 is because you look at where texas and oklahoma are going i i've never thought it should have been 12 i still don't really think it should be 12 you look at where texas and oklahoma are going into the sec if you expand this to 12 you're going to get four or five sec teams every single year and i think that's exactly why the playoff hasn't expanded to this point so um to me the playoff is the obvious thing, but 
they need to expand it to a point where it's like the NFL. The NFL has the best postseason outside of March Madness. The NFL has the best postseason in sports, and it needs to be more like that than it is because the games just aren't – I'm not even really concerned about the games being competitive. There needs to be more of them. There needs to be more to keep people engaged. It should be an all-day Saturday, all-day Sunday affair. I mean, college football would only benefit from that. So that's that's my soapbox, and I'll stay. No, up. I love – I love that. And I love that reasoning. And I honestly was going to go playoff too. So instead of saying the same answer as yours and to let Brian know it was a good idea that I didn't answer it because the NFL or the NCAA rules committee is meeting soon. And they announced yesterday, they're actually looking at changing at possibly changing some rules. So one would be that the clock is the clock is treated for incomplete passes the same way as a run play out of bounds. So the clock would then start on the ready signal by the referee instead of at the next snap. Oh, that's weird. And also looking at the clock always stopping after a first down. Now it being ready sim- signal instead of, you know, when, like when the play starts again. All right. I think they're looking, my, my understanding is they're trying to make the games go fast. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it ha- That's what I was going to ask you. That would be, it would only be to make the game faster. And is anybody yeah. complaining that the games are too long? I just think the NCAA is looking at that. It, you know, the, that rule is – those are kind of more similar to the NFL rules. So it kind of we'll feels see. It kind of feels like when they use bowl games to experiment with some of these new rules. Um, yeah. I, and like the NIT, they'll always use the NIT to experiment with new um, regulation or overtime rules. I do not like the out-of-bounds pass, like the incomplete pass starting on the ready-for-play. I, and I, again, I don't know of anybody who's saying college football games are too long. And if, no, and if you're one of those people, you're probably not a target demo because I yeah. think we need more college football. We need more <laughs> college football games. The season is too short. So yeah, that's, I, I'm not a fan of that already. No, I a hundred percent agree. So the <laughs> next one we've got George McCormick at geo underscore McCormick. I believe that's he a says, first timer. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, George, for the question. Are one of the college football coaches recruiting pitches to freshmen that they'll reserve a jersey number for them? I always wonder how freshmen are able to snag a popular number like a single digit. So I wonder if the coaches promise them it's theirs if they commit. So, Kate, I, I asked around a little bit. I, the people that I asked, they have never heard of this before, but I'm sure it happens at places. I would think it has to happen somewhere. I think more often than not, it's probably a, a luck of the draw type of situation. Player comes in when a big time player goes out, nobody really wants it. And then you end up with the Tylen Wallace getting a number two or something of that nature. I, yeah, I, would I would be surprised. I would think it's hierarchy order, you know, like sports where, you know, high school growing up where, you know, the upperclassmen get to pick once the people leave and the freshmen get like last pick. But yeah, for sure. Maybe if it's a big time recruit, you promise him a number if he wants that. A number. Yeah, right. Did I'm I, sure Nick Saban's not doing that. Well, I was just about to say, I can personally well i can't guarantee you this but i am very confident that Cade cunningham got number two because he wanted number two <laughs> yes yes i'm sure it happens in basketball a lot with kind of less players um so yeah so george thanks for that question that's a that's a good one it's funny to think about but last one is from the 10 12 network hey network. shout out thanks for sending this one in it says my question is what's going on with osu women's golf team so Cade my last two notes were OSU men's and women's golf 
So the women's golf team, if you didn't know, they just recently had Isabel Fierro transfer. You probably heard us on the podcast a few yeah. weeks ago mentioned she had won the individual title in a recent tournament. They also had Kaylee McGinty transfer recently. So McGinty and Fierro are probably the two best players on the team, both international players. They both transfer. And from, from what I've read and from what Coach Greg Robertson has been quoted on saying, it sounds like they were both pretty unhappy just kind of due to COVID and everything they were having to take online classes. They're both international away from their families. And it sounds like they were both just feeling like they were needing a change. Burnout. He did say they're taking a learn. him and assistant coach Maggie Swainy or Maddie Swainy are going to kind of take a learning experience away from this and, you know, force people to enroll in a minimum of two classes in person to kind of get that college experience. But that's tough. I know Fierro was, my favorite golfer last year in the NCAA is watching her on golf channel. Sad to see her go. And I think it's a major blow for the, the second rank. Yeah. The number two golf team. Yeah. That was, that was shocking. And, and candidly, I don't follow it as well as I could. Um, But that, that was shocking uh, today's news. So yeah, I don't talk to hear that too. It's, I mean, especially, I, I feel for those girls. Too, right. You know, right. In that position. I, I think COVID took a big time toll. And I think, we probably don't consider enough what what international students probably had to go through the last couple of years and especially international student athletes you know i mean canada's border's been closed so i mean there's a lot to consider um and you know it does raise an eyebrow but probably to the point where you you start asking about the other circumstances that have taken place so um yeah hope they can right the ship and figure out a way to make it a, a, a great year as it was expected to be. Yeah. Still, still a lot of talent on the team. I, I know they go back at it. We mentioned it last week. They haven't been back at it since the last time we talked. So they they're back at it this weekend in Florida at the Gators invitational, which I think the boys played in one in Gainesville recently. I think that's right. Two, but the men, just to kind of end it with this Cade, we're out of questions, but they were tied for the lead at the Cabo collegiate and ended up in seventh place. They were tied for the lead after two rounds. There was only three rounds. They ended up in seventh place. They fell apart in the third round. Sounds like um, my, my golf team, my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> Shikara still, still had a top 10 finish, but Bojin, Bojin played well. But after that, everybody just kind of fell apart. Brian Stark was killing it. Didn't have a great round three, but they're back at it in Myr- Myrtle Beach, I think in a couple of weeks. But that one was tough. I thought they were going to win it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough. You, you never know. I mean, it's almost like Oklahoma state golf. It's like you almost expect them to, to be winning most of their tournaments. And so when they don't, it's like, Oh dear, what's going on. So don't press the panic button quite yet. I don't think we're there. Yeah. They, they've had some solid wins. Shikara has been awesome. Bojin, obviously everybody knows him. Stark's been great. So they've, they've got a squad and they're going to compete for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Dustin, as we're sitting here wrapping up the show, Oklahoma State's currently got an eight-point lead in Hilton Coliseum with about five minutes left. So you hope the boys can pull one out. And then Saturday against Tech in Gallagher, I will be there. That is uh, – I'm excited about that. Um, I hope it's loud. Hope people show up. It's the last game for a forgotten season. But, uh, yeah, hope it's uh, a good crowd. And, Dustin, I mean, what's what's your gut feeling? Do they go one and one, two and oh? How do you think the last two shake out? I think they get this one against Iowa State with this 10-point lead with, what, 4.50 now yeah. to go. I think they lose to Tech. Yeah. Ended on a loss. 
I, I think I agree with you. Tech looks so, so good. So good. Which leads me to this question. We also have the Big 12 tournament coming up. What's your give me give me your winner of the Big 12 tournament real quick? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. It is a put... meat grinder. Who do, have you thought of? If you have, I have, thought, I have thought about this. I think it's Texas Tech. I, I think they have had outside of Baylor and Baylor has had some rough patches this year. Texas Tech has been solid all conference play. They went 18 and 0 at home this year. I just think they have all the pieces. And I was talking to my dad and brother about, I think Texas tech has the pieces to make a run again, back into the final four. I mean, they, they should be one of your sleeper picks and they will be a popular pick because I think they, I mean, they, they're going to be a two seed in March madness and it's going to be deserved. And they're going to be a tough, tough out. I'm going to go Baylor, but I like your reasoning for tech. And I, I, I agree with everything you said. I think they can make a run in the tournament as well. Kate, it's going to be tough for me to watch the Big 12 tournament. I'm obviously going to be sucked into March Madness in the NCAA tournament, but I'm going to struggle probably watching those games. Yeah, it's it's brutal. I am taking off the Thursday, Friday of March Madness. So really excited about that. It's kind of it's like a it's like a federal holiday to me. It's the same thing. So uh, very excited for that. It's a great time of the year, and I can't wait for Oklahoma State to be back in it consistently as their lead swells to 14 in Hilton Coliseum. That's a, that would be a big win there, sir. So, anyway, Dustin, great show. Any final thoughts before we roll out of here? No. All right. Good. Appreciate it. Laney, again, thank you for the beautiful logos. Price, thank you for your support of the Feels Like 45 podcast. If you don't already, you can follow us at Feels Like 45 Pod, where we're breaking baseball down, we're breaking softball down, we're giving away freaking tickets. So, like, follow us there. Follow Dustin at DustRagDo. You can follow me at Cade Webb and keep it locked in as we get out of the dog days of the offseason and football is right around the corner. So, Dustin, good to talk to you, man. We'll talk to you next week. Go, Pokes. Talk to you next week.